So okay. apologies, maybe we just wait another few minutes to see whether uh, Kofi manages to, to join before we start. But maybe Julia, you yeah. want to start a little bit with general outline. Yes. So um, hi, everyone. Um, thanks and welcome to our third and um, today's um, final and last panel um, in this frame of um, this year's um, 154 forum. Um, Thanks for everyone. Thanks um, for our panelists for coming in one after the other. Um, I'm Julia um, and this is my colleague Yvette. We are the um, editors-in-chief and founders of uh, the magazines um, Contemporary End and Contemporary End in America Latina. And um, what we're focusing on today, um, the global connections, um, work very much into a practice we have been um, focusing on SCN and Contemporary and America Latina during the last um, years um, since we launched CNs in 2013. So this idea of a global diaspora in relation to Africa and the question of um, how can we define an idea of a global blackness um, beyond boxes, beyond stereotypes, beyond um, breaking it down to questions of what is part from Africa, etc. So these questions of um, shared experiences, um, different experiences of um, um, artists from African um, perspectives who are literally are working and living all over the place and uh, many of them in a constant state of flux as well. So these questions, as I said, apply or work very much into our own practice. So that's why we're very excited to um, have this panel today. Um, we initially um, planned to realize this panel with, um, as you might know or have written, um, three great panelists, um, Evan um, Ifekoya, Kofi Mensa, and Sepaka Angiyama. Um, unfortunately, Sepaka can't uh, join us today due to family circumstances and SEC Kofi, who's in Burkina Faso, has still some um, technical um, challenges or issues. <laughs> so. Um, we're still waiting for him to um, come in. And maybe um, as you have seen, as um, Kofi um, is French speaking, um, understands English, but um, we have a live translator as well for those who um, feel more comfortable um, listening to the panel. No, not he who understand, who understand him um, speaking French, obviously, but um, he will be translated into English. So that way around, so it's, it's all very complicated. But um, yeah, hopefully, and um, I'm very optimistic that we're gonna um, um, yeah, work this out and then we can start in about one or two minutes. Just also for everyone, for your information that yes. this talk is being recorded. Um, so um, Tell your friends who didn't make it uh, that they can watch this on the 154 YouTube channel, and there will be also a podcast of the of the audio. So um, to follow up, and also the chat is open, so you're all more than welcome to um, send in yeah. questions or comments. Or you know, we had it before with other talks that people would start telling us from where they're actually tuning in, which was quite amazing to see because mm -hmm. it was literally all over the place from Chile to the Dominican Republic. Um, mm. So yeah, just uh, we are really happy also to have an active interaction uh, with you as the audience. Yeah, as long as the internet allows us to. So. Mm -hmm. Yes, 
And if we, if, if coffee doesn't manage to, to join us in the end due to technical circumstances, etc., cetera, uh, we will um, um, talk, uh, talk to Evan about um, their practice, etc. And, but that will reduce the, you know, the time of the panel as well. So we won't talk for not, you know, for an entire hour um, if it's just um, the three of us. So, um, yeah. yeah, so uh, I just got a message from Olivia who's coordinating this. This um, coffee has still uh, having trouble getting through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe we just get st started, Evan, yeah. and then we'll see whether he manages to join in or, or not. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining. Yeah. <laughs> We're very happy to see you. Um, of course, always. Um, and uh, I'm just going to continue talking while I see that Kofi is arranging um, himself. Mm -hmm. And um, I will start by maybe just briefly reading out your uh, short bio. So for mm -hmm. those um, of you in the audience who don't know Evan's work. So Evan is an artist and an energy worker who through sound, text, video, and performance places demands uh, on existing systems and institutions of power to recenter and prioritize the experience and voice of those previously marginalized. Through archival and sonic investigations, they speculate on blackness in abundance, the body of the ocean, a watery embodied presence in the work. This is already very poetic as a biography. <laughs> like we could already, you know, go into this. But I'm going to go into also some of the data. So Evan established the collectively run and um, QTI BIPOC-led uh, Black Obsidian Sound System, uh, acronym BOSS, BOSS, in 2018. In 2019, they won the Kleinwort Hamburg's Emerging Artist, Artist Prize. And in 2017, the Arts Foundation Award for Life Arts sponsored by Yoma Suspect Estate. They have presented exhibitions and performances across Europe and internationally, most recently at the Liverpool Biennial in 2021, Gus Fischer, New Zealand, the Upper Netherlands and Gasworks London. So yeah, you've been around and we're very happy uh, to have you here. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why we also invited you to this panel is um, just to connect back to what Julia was saying this constant or this huge question of the global diaspora and those connections and has histories and narratives which mm -hmm. has all these complexities but at the same time there are also certain shared experiences and narratives that you know bring people back together and have this kind of exchange and um, so maybe it would be great if you could start by talking a bit about your practice because you've been um, have been doing research uh, in archives on these notions of of blackness in uh, various compositions and in terms of sociality and inheritance and what i really find very interesting also thinking about this in in the frame of sound and how mm -hmm. that actually resonates and looking into you know you went to clubs and in queer life uh, nightlife and i think this is a very important interesting approach that often is maybe a bit um underestimated maybe so i think this is really interesting if you could go into that how you ended up there but also how you implement that then into your work and into your you know uh, practice in a general yeah okay um yeah thank you eva and julia for the for the invitation yeah i'm happy to be here so um 
yeah how to how to start how to start but i mean yeah sound and and music has has always played you know a big part in my my life and my practice and i would say that you know for me um music comes before art in a way part of me doesn't really understand how i ended up uh, an artist <laughs> when you know really, <laughs> sort of, yeah, sound and, you know, the act of listening is, is really something that I would say I foreground kind of mm -hmm. um, the visual, even though there is definitely a very visual um, aspect to my work. And, you know, I would say that, um, you know, the work that, um, that I'm going to kind of focus on here, you know, the, the projects that are that, that you kind of mentioned me wanting to bring up a score, a groove, a phantom, you know, really kind of began when I was thinking about the relationship between, um, specifically for, for black folk, the relationship between our, our politics and, um, and our social life and thinking about how, um, the social center or the nightclub was often a space where those two things could and did and do come together, you know, in the present, but also um, in the, re in, you know, historically. And I was kind of interested in that in relation to um, the sort of the more recent present. I mean, of course I could um, go all the way back to, you know, the transatlantic slave trade and I could go even further back, you know, to sort of specifically kind of more ancestral and for me being um, of Nigerian heritage, I could go all the way back. But, you know, for me, I was really focused on like the, the, the sort of the black social centre in the UK in London, how, um, you know, uh, people of the diaspora um, would come together in these spaces, often, yeah, building, building sound systems or, you know, finding bits of technology to, to pull together sound systems. And that was often how, where, and where people would meet and would gather, you know, and where they would kind of seek or find refuge yeah. um, in what was and still is, you know, an incredibly hostile environment. And yeah. so, you know, I was doing sort of research uh, within archives and I, I became specifically interested in how, um, you know, the sort of the, the meeting point between also blackness and sexuality um, and queerness and how that also impacted um, what was available and what tools people could have access to. And then in 2018, um, you know, I was invited to do an exhibition at um, Gasworks in London, and I knew that I wanted it to be a sound-led exhibition. And um, at some point, I just thought, well, rather than just producing a sound, you know, a sound work that um, lived on a sound system that we bought in or hired, you know, why not take this also as an opportunity to um, bring something into being that didn't exist in our present. And mm -hmm. that is, you know, the, the queer black sound system that came to life as a result of the exhibition, which is called um, Black Obsidian Sound System. And I'm going to talk about why I named it that, you know, in a little yeah. bit. 
But um, yeah, so the sound system was built with members of my community and I specifically and intentionally, intentionally invited um, women and non-binary people to build in that system because I think also, um, you know, historically the sound system has very much been a male dominated project and endeavor and that was also something that I wanted to challenge because actually I did find instances within the archive of women building maintaining and running their own systems you know groups like sister culture and systemat um, systematic you know I saw evidence of it but I wasn't seeing that in the kind of the present or you know within the kind of the present moments so I thought you know what again let's take the opportunity to manifest this to bring this into being so, um, so yeah, so, so we built the sound system over a number of weeks and then, you know, it formed part of the show and, uh, you know, some, some people may have, may have seen that. I don't know if an image was included in the, um, in the invite. So, um, but then after the show, again, I sort of intentionally decided that the, you know, the sound system would then become a, its own autonomous thing, you know, mm -hmm. now, um, what I consider a gift for my community. So rather than it continue to be something that is an art object and kind of continue to travel with the exhibition, because the mm -hmm. exhibition does travel, but instead I sort of, I, I kind of separated the system from the exhibition. And now we run the sound system as its own um, resource, you know, its own kind of itinerant moving, um, kind of beacon I also think about it as a totem and, and yeah it's called black obsidian sound system and and I called it that because um because obsidian is a you know it's a stone of truth and protection so again I wanted to kind of imbue it with a kind of energetic uh kind of sacred power in a way and um so yeah it travels with us <coughs> with us um and you know as a collective we we run it we maintain it and yeah, that was always kind of what I intended for it to be and to do. And again, it was very much drawing on and kind of calling on traditions that are very much part of mine and, you know, the people who are involved like heritage and, and really wanting to speak to that, but also kind of wanting to present um, a new option and a new possibility for what this, for what these kinds of objects can be and who can run them and who can maintain them and who can be part of, um, its legacy, you know, the legacy of, of projects such as this. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'll, I'll leave it there for now, but yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think there are lots of things to yeah. um, pick up on, but maybe as coffee seems to be yeah, now right. here, we just um, welcome you. Hi, coffee. Yeah. Uh, so great that you could join us. We're very happy to see you. And I hope you hear us also, okay. Yeah, you hear us. Okay, super. Perfect. So, um, yes, um, not too loud, but we can, we can hear you. And um, um, we would love to, because, you know, um, as we mentioned, we're focusing on questions around a representation and the idea of a global diaspora in relation to Africa, um, even an idea of a global blackness and want to um, elaborate a little bit on this um, through working, uh, talking about your practices. And um, can you hear me? Yes, huh? Super. Okay. And um, uh, I was wondering um, 
focusing on your practice um, um, during a virtual residency um, you had at the Goethe Institute in um, Salvador de Bahia in Brazil. Um, you first uh, got in touch with um, Brazilian cultural producers and um, one of your projects with sound, which sounded very interesting um, was um, you portrayed, um, you know, something you've done already, obviously, you portrayed public figures from Africa, um, different, different names, um, um, different big important names, which obviously from a Western perspectives have been um, ignored for a long time, but um, you portrayed them. And that by doing this, you prompted a multidisciplinary group of keen members of the public in uh, Salvador and experts in Brazil to analyze your work and start an um, online dialogue with you, which we find extremely fascinating and um, um, interesting. Um, could you tell us a bit more about the project and um, these conversations um, which came? I think he's waiting for translation so that, that you know he has a French translation for you in the audience. Okay, so that was a project. I you can't hear. It's so low. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. There was a project that we had at Salvador de Bahia. And I went to Brazil for the project in 2019. And I could not go there, but a group of uh, passionate artists were very interested in my work. And so we did an online residence. It was a very interesting work, uh, very rich in in exchange. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of colleagues wanted to know uh, how I worked with cutting out. So most often, it, the, the how is not really important. It's, it's, it is a technique, but and it is quite unique. But the, 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 the important thing is why I do this. I want to express about the body and the soul as a visual. Um, so I, I, I just cut out the, the first layer represents the body, which I, which I cut out and underneath the underneath layer, which is a collage of magazines, newspapers, etc., represents the soul. So it is, it is an illusion, if you will, uh, because there's this uh, superposition of, of two layers. Oui, ça y est, j'ai traduit. And that's it. <laughs> no, because um, I was wondering, because as he mentioned, it was an online um, 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 residency because obviously he couldn't travel to Brazil. Um, um, this kind of encounter between 
him and and, and finalement on a fait ça virtuel finalement on a fait virtuel parce que je pouvais pas me déplacer à cause de covid 19 mais on a remis ça sur l'année prochaine right they did it because he couldn't he couldn't go there mm-hmm. and have and did they postponed it mm-hmm. that was a residency that was very important for me because uh, I, I realize with with brazil that we have a lot of um, um similarities and beyond the technical aspects um, sorry there are yeah. I am really sorry. I'm having a hard time understanding because the sound keeps ebbing and flowing. Maybe you can ask him to speak yeah. up a little bit. Okay. Okay. Désolé. Oh, sorry. Donc, je disais, comme ça, c'est bon? I was, oui, très bien. Yes. Yes. Allô? C'est bon? C'est bon maintenant? Oui. Okay. Donc, je que dans nos échanges, uh, a lot of things came out beyond uh, what is technical, what is work. Mm-hmm. Uh, by uh, Salvador de Bahia is, 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 has a lot of black people who live there. Mm-hmm. And what I found really interesting is that I work a lot with uh, upcycling. And so I do, I use a lot of uh, newspapers, um, old magazines, um, a lot of things that I have gathered. And I realized that people there are in the same kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of yeah it's, it, you know it's it's almost um, an environment friendly approach you don't you, you don't need just to drive an electric car to be environment friendly you can do it by um, um, recycling upcycling which I do a lot and which people in Sabadaya do as well so even we do not have the same practices or techniques, but we have the same goals as human beings. And especially being passionate with art, we have the same goals. Mm-hmm. 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 Thanks so much. Maybe um, we can come back to, to Evan, um, because um, after you um, explaining and elaborating, um, going into explaining your, uh, talking about your practice. Um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm asking Evan now. Um, yes, and um, I was wondering, Evan, um, you um, mentioned the very important um, clubs, you know, historical clubs, but, you know, just current or recent uh, um, clubs, uh, club culture, uh, black social centers, etc., as social places of encounter and refu- refu- um, encounter and, and safe spaces as well. 
And I was wondering, um, how do you see in comparison to that? Because I, I love when you said I didn't enter, I started with music and not with art. Um, and how do you see the art space, you know, the art institution um, in the opposite? How do you feel exhibiting there? Because obviously you have a lot of um, exhibitions going on right now as well. So okay. how, no, I mean, uh, I mean, Evan now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll answer that, yeah? Yes, um, please. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, for me, something that's, um, uh, I think, has, has always been part of my practice is a, is a desire to, um, to, to challenge um, the existing uh, kind of mode or way of doing something, you know, and I think, you know, for me, um, you know, as I mentioned, like I, I want to take, or I, I, my vision for uh, being with and going to art is, is, is to create a space that can be, um, where one can feel like completely immersed and transformed. You know, I often, on my last few, uh, you know, exhibitions, I create spaces where one can sit, where one can lie down, where one can pause, where one can reflect, mm. you know, there's a bunch of different things happening that can be looked at, that can be felt, that can be smelled sometimes, you know, because I think on the one hand, yeah, I want to disrupt that art is just about, and I think, you know, I think we've gone beyond the, the idea that it has to be a white cube or it has to just be about, about um, looking, but then also simultaneously, I want to challenge the idea that um, like a sound exhibition has to be all white walls as well, because often, <laughs> I'm, or, or my experience of, of sound in, in art spaces is very like, it has to be very neutral, it has to be- Minimal. Okay. You know? So, like mm -hmm. the show at the Apple, for example, you know that was like the walls were black. You know the light was there was like different kinds of spot um, spotlights depending on the space. I used reds, I used blue, I used um, purples. You know, so I wanted to create these sort of zones. And mm -hmm. then with, you know the Gasworks show Ritual Without Belief, it was it was um, there was more light, but there was also this you know this ocean floor kind of crashing. You know. Mm -hmm. The walls and you know I curved the walls. Yeah, great. I'm really interested in this idea of like pushing with or testing the constraints of a space. You know I really do. Um, yeah, I think about how sound can really occupy and transform space as well. In mm -hmm. And how do you? Uh, sorry. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. I just wanted to kind of to to make a connection between what you were saying about space and and Kofi's experience. Um, and you're also talking about new options thinking around the digital space because um, this was long for Kofi also for you was a very specific experience to uh, actually not be able to to go to Brazil and at the same time uh, making these very important connections and seeing that there is something that you have in common and I mean for you Evan as well it's like you know these safe spaces you're describing they I'm sure they're still there but they kind of um, moved somewhere somewhere else and so i mean um i think maybe kofi you can also go into this a little bit what that means also for your practice as a very hands-on practice like you just described you know with the upcycling and what this residency maybe had also what kind of influence it had in that way with you know have this sort of digital layer of it but then going back to a very uh, physical 
um, work in, 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 the, in the real space, let's say. Thank you for asking me. I'd like to reply to Ivan about what they said. Um, it's about, I like the fact that they talked about the, 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 the unconventional space. I'm not someone who's academic, I'm self-taught. So my, my motto is that even though I don't have anything against academia, Um, in my everyday life, um, I, 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 I do what I do, and being self-taught is something that some, can appeal to um, the uh, a general audience, and it allows people from the general public to um, put into focus uh, people's personalities a bit more which is why I focus on upcycling um, use in installations and the impact on the online residency was that I discovered other fields to go beyond what I do in, in, in person, if you will. Uh, when I do an, ex an exhibition today, it's, it's someone someone who's local will come, will you know, uh, would come and, and do it. But nowadays, with with modern technologies, we can go beyond this. We we break those rules of um, person to person contact. This this. We, we're experiencing a boom today and um, we, we have to make, we have to, yeah, we have to, we have to um, rely on the possibility, on the, the, those new possibilities that technology bring. And so my, my online residency um, allowed me to meet people I wouldn't have met otherwise and to go beyond physical contact. So, in Africa, we, have, we are used to being in contact with each other. It's something that is part of our traditions. I think it's because of the climate, the heat, etc. Uh, whereas on the other side of the Atlantic or whatever, there, there's, there's not as, it's it's not the same it's not the same climate and we sort of exchanged those climate differences i brought my warmth and they brought their um their cooler temperatures if you will um, and so <laughs> not not having to go there sort of yeah, was a gain of time as well and energy so it was a win-win situation <laughs> okay thank you <laughs> Evan, could you also maybe say something uh, about that? 
about about the, the digital space you are in the way how that is uh, impacted your work because it was somehow yeah. accelerated through that situation now if we think about connecting with people beyond maybe our local geographies and um thinking around the spaces that you were just describing before also which are very physical um, in yeah. A way. Yeah. i mean in terms of you know nightlife and i think yeah how the system you know if i talk about the sound system specifically mm -hmm. for a moment you know how that operates now yeah things are really up in the air and we are having you know as a collective a lot of conversation about how we navigate this moment you know like i have organized um one zoom rave as a fundraiser but i have to say even though it was you know, it was fun. I think it was more the novelty. Like, I'm really not convinced that, that virtual raves are the future. You know, I think for me, you lose a lot. Mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There's, you know, yeah. For, for me, it very quickly um, lost its, its charm, actually. <laughs> but one thing that I have enjoyed doing is 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 organizing kind of smaller scale gatherings i think what actually works best or in my experience um in terms of the digital space is when you can kind of you gather in sort of small pockets and still connect with people intimately i think when you kind of have rooms full of like 300 odd people i think yeah you can really lose something but um like for example you know i i sometimes do um like a drumming circle and you know where people can kind of just be and journey and things like that um again because you know the sonic and you know is, is very important to me just to be able to be with yeah a beat a drum a rhythm like it's also a very meditative thing and i think when you do that in a in a small group um i think you you can really get something from the experience that you know is maybe not too dissimilar from being you know physically together but i think once you start to think you have to have like a huge quantity that for me is when things get lost so um yeah mm -hmm. this moment is encouraging us to kind of like scale down scale back work more intimately work more privately you know, a lot of the things I'm doing at the moment are just, you know, they're happening behind the scenes, you know, we're just, yeah. like, again, where we're filling the cup, you know, I'm very much in a moment of like, just filling the cup, nourishing mm -hmm. myself and my, you know, immediate communities. Yeah. Um, what I found interesting that both of you kind of are interested in the idea of a, let's say, general audience or a public who maybe, um, Evan, uh, you, you mentioned that already, um, normally maybe would feel att attracted or attached um, so much more to, uh, to a sound system than going into a museum, for example. Yeah? Um, and I was wondering, um, maybe Evan, a question to you first, um, how you think, um, um, because you know, the sounds, you saw sound system, I see it really, really as a as you say, movable place of encounter, it's there and it's a, it's a place for people and it moves, it's not fixed, yeah? But um, if you do, even if you transform uh, exhibition spaces into, um, into places way beyond the white cube, yeah? Um, how do you think about um, how to draw in audiences who normally wouldn't come into, you know, in an, in an exhibition space, be it big or small, but who, who just wouldn't feel um, addressed by it. How do you think about this? Yeah, 
Yeah, I do. I mean, I think it's quite a big question and a yeah. responsibility to fill the... Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, when I make work, I'm definitely thinking about the experience that I want the viewer or the audience to have, but I don't sit with like, how do I bring a different mm -hmm. kind of audience? Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I have to trust in the work. I have to mm -hmm. trust in what the work or what I believe the work is doing, you know, and I have to trust that the people who, who need it will be drawn to it and then will find their way to it. You know, I think for me, I work with great intention. You know, I, I imbue everything I do with intention, yeah. and purpose, you know, and, 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 and whether that is two or 200 or 2000 people, like mm -hmm. for me, the work reaches the people who need it in a moment in time. Mm -hmm. and, and so I really have to just be with that and trust mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, Kofi, um, how is it with Wait. you? How, yes, how important, obviously, is um, because you, you mentioned the, the idea of a general audience um, who you want to speak to with your art. Um, how intensely do you think about the audience when you create uh, work? Because Evan was just elaborating on that. Um, yeah, how important is? So for me, uh, because my practice is very much rooted in social aspect, my experience with my audience is not that numbers matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In, in my imagination, when I visualize my audience, they're not, they're not conventional people. Mm -hmm. It's more about sensitivity. In our field, the best gratification of, of, of an artist is when your work touches the public. It makes you go, wow. And when, when they go, wow, how do you do that? How do you do that? That's the best gratification, the best reward. Then of course, then it's it's good if if you get if you get grants and 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 money to help. But the best reward is to be recognised. When I work, I like meeting my public, my audience. My best wish, my my biggest wish, is to find people who are sensitive to what I do, who are touched by what I do. The project has to be designed for the public. Otherwise, there's no use. The work, the creation itself has to address that public. Otherwise, there's no impact. So in terms of preparation, preparing the project, I'm sorry, it's breaking off. Yeah, I think he just froze, no? Ah, yeah, that's yeah. a shame. 
So maybe just to, to, to just kind of bring these things together, I think um, it's just interesting to see also what you were saying, Kofi, um, in terms of these localities, in a mm. sense of that you talk about a very specific audience that, that you know, is also the local audience. Also, Evan, when you say those people who need it, that will come, which, which I really like, because I also really believe in that. And I think it's also a good ex example with what you experienced, Kofi, with that um, online residency in Brazil, that suddenly still these kind of exchange and conversations came and you just saw these joined ideas that you would have um, with those on the other side uh, of that digital space. And I think, um, this is maybe also in this current moment with this question where we started with, with these global connections of the diaspora. So I think it's also good to see that there's not an either or in terms of where do you connect to. So I think it's always like maybe this more introspective at the same time, this can also mean something that is very relevant by sort of, you know, sending out certain, you know, vibes or knowledges and then and also, um, connections and I think this this is maybe also really um, relevant for thinking around what that means if you if you are part of the diaspora like you Evan or if you're like actually based in a different sort of um, locality yeah so yeah I think maybe um, we wrap it up um, and that was a good wrap up Yvette <laughs> so, <laughs> So, um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, Kofi, you want to say something? Uh, thank you, and thank you. Yes, it yes. was a pleasure to be here. Yes, so great that it, you know, we managed to, um, you know, to overcome the technical uh, restrictions, etc., and that we could uh, talk. And thanks to you, um, Evan, thank, Evan, thanks so much. That was really, really superb. And uh, thanks to you, Kofi. And thanks to Marie. Yes, that was amazing as well. Very welcome. <laughs> yes, that is, we know how hard this, this uh, profession is. So thanks so much. And um, thanks to welcome. the audience. Thanks that you <laughs> managed and could follow us on this very special um, encounter. But uh, we enjoyed it a lot. And thanks so much. And um, hope to see you soon in, in flesh. And, it was a pleasure thank you very much yes so and thanks to you to the audience and um speak to you soon and see you soon and bye 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 thanks <laughs>